I get questions all the time about how to navigate through being a student athlete. I'm here to answer all your questions on how to do that and more. And you know we got some highlights for you too. I'm an analyst. We gonna talk football, baby. Welcome to Cover 24. This is your host, B. Flo. Hey, I appreciate all the responses and everything from the first podcast. But we're going to switch it up a little bit for the second podcast. Since the questions are in high demand, we're going to start off with the questions. Then we're going to get to the highlights. First question. Check this one out. If marijuana is legal in your state and it ain't banned in the NFL drug testing, why is it banned in the college drug testing? I'm going to tell you why. And this is from Anonymous. You know, I get a lot of anonymous messages that coming in, but a lot of athletes want to know this. I understand y'all want to blow. Y'all feel like it might relieve stress. Some of y'all just feel like y'all need it after a hard day, but guess what? You got to look at things when you mature from both sides of the tracks. You looking at it as like, this is my stress reliever, this is my pain reliever, this is what I need to get by through college, hard days, long days of 6 a.m.s, going straight to class. It can be stressful, I know. But look at the coaching standpoint, right? When they sat in your living room when you was a kid, 17 years old, and they talked to your parents, and they promised your parents that you'll come back with a degree and to be a better man, they might have promised you that you'll have a shot at the NFL, but that's up to you. But one thing they guaranteed was that you were going to come back with a college degree so you'll have an education and you'll come back a better person. What do these coaches look like sending you back home and even the NCAA allowing you to come back with an addiction? Because everybody, including myself, we play with college athletes who's been addicted to either drugs or alcohol. They came in as freshmen, five stars, four stars, highly touted. When they got to college, they start experiencing. You know, once they start experiencing with marijuana, at first, it maybe been one J a day. Then it went to one before practice or one in the morning as soon as they woke up. Then one at night before they went to sleep. And then it started graduating to once in the morning, one after class, one before practice, and then one before you went to sleep. And before you know it, you, you established an addiction. And most people, they won't know they have an addiction until it's too late. And that's the last thing you want to have in college because if your coaches and the people around you know that you have an addiction who actually care about you and want to give you help, now you got to miss a year out of sports. And once you miss a year out of sports, now they're kind of finding somebody to replace you because they don't know if they can count on you. Imagine if you didn't have an addiction and you came in as a freshman, you came in, handled business, you're a freshman All-American, let's just say in a perfect world, sophomore All-American. Now, if you're a women's basketball player where they know you stay in four years, or if you're in the sport where they know you most likely gonna stay four years, they're not out to just go get the highly touted, you know, uh, point guards to back you up because they feel like we, we stable here. I mean, we might bring in one to have depth, but even with point guards coming out of high school, they're not gonna wanna commit to your school because they feel like they'll never play. And that's keeping the competition off your back. That's one secret to keeping competition away. But if you're inconsistent in your off the field, in your daily life, coaches can't trust you on the field or on the court. And that's why they're always bringing somebody to replace you. 
Your friends, they're also teenagers. They're not even going to be able to tell you or notice your addiction. They just go think you're stressed and, hey, bro or sis, they blow. That's what they do. Let them do their thing. Your goals that you was chasing, you won't even realize that they are starting to fade away because you're enjoying the marijuana or you're enjoying the alcohol. All you know is you're going in, you're going through the motions in practice, and you can't wait to come back to that blunt or you can't wait to come back to that drink. And you don't realize it's a small window. Four years go by quick. Watch how fast your high school, your high school career went by. It goes by in the snap of a finger. College goes by even faster. You only got one chance to maybe change your family's trajectory within four years. Don't let no year go by because you was blowing or drinking. I understand you want to experiment. Everybody experimented. But you have to understand why the coaches don't want you to experiment. Because not only you'll be a liability to yourself, you will also be a liability to the team. They won't be able to count on you. So don't throw away your whole life away for that little fun within them four years. And that's why the NCAA and the coaches don't want marijuana be legal and you can smoke marijuana while you're in college. You're young. You won't be able to handle what comes with that. So the second question is, I want to experience everything that comes with college and have a good time. But how do you balance that with being focused on your goal and succeeding and maximizing your potential in college? Great question. Also anonymous. The way you do that is, I'm never going to say don't enjoy your time in college because we partied in college. We had a time in college. That might have been the funnest time I ever experienced. And trust me, I had some wild times in the NFL. But you have to know how to prioritize everything that comes with partying and having fun in college. One thing about when you look at guys or women in professional sports and you see them partying on IG, one thing in common is it's on the off season, right? You see them on yachts, you might see them at Met Gala award shows, and it seems like they are living the life. But one thing they know is during the season, we go focus on the season. And on the off season, that's when we enjoy ourselves. So if you're partying in college, my advice is just get it in on the off season. Off season, go have fun. Cause you only got three workouts during the week. You got time to, if you ain't feeling right and you got a little hangover, if you're able to drink and you're legal to drink, that's when you do it because you don't want to come in to your 16 game season if you're a football player. You got a hangover on Monday. You're trying to recuperate on Tuesday. Wednesday, you feeling sluggish. Now you don't kind of had a bad week of practice. And if you have a bad week of practice, oh, that's going to show on Saturday. And again, now you're starting to affect what you do on the field. During the season, cut everything out. Focus on trying to get a ring because I tell you what, in professional sports, it's rare. Not too many people hold up a Super Bowl trophy or an NBA championship trophy or a WNBA championship trophy or, you know, whatever it is. You, you don't get that experience in professional sports like that. In college, it is much more reachable. That goal is much more reachable if everybody buy in. And everybody's not going to make it to professional sports. That's only 1%. But when you are in college, you have that time only. So man, focus on getting that dub every week. Focus on trying to hold up that trophy because the memories are all you're gonna have. 
And on the off season, that's when you party and get it in. So sometimes in life, you have to learn from the mistakes people made and you have to learn from the people that's doing it right. So look at your professional athletes, right? If you study their IG closely, the times that they party and get it in, it's always on the off season. You have to know when to monitor what you can and can't do. You don't need to party if you're a college athlete as hard during the season. And don't be selfish. What if you are the one that's gonna make it to the professional level? Your homeboys or your homegirls not. This is gonna be the last window they have to play sports forever in a life. Man, all y'all just buy in and just focused on holding that championship trophy up at the end of the year. That's when you can go ahead and have your fun. Going back to professional sports, when it's time to get ready and time to train, we get on strict diets. We don't drink, we don't smoke. It's all about getting our body in the best condition we can to go win that ring. And that's one thing that I think college student athletes don't know about us because we don't put everything on the ground. Look at OBJ, for example, right? You see him at Met Gala. You see him at all the sporting events. You see him having fun in the club. But when he tore his ACL, you see that grind he got. You see that passion he got. He can't wait to get back on the field. He cuts out everything that would distract him internally and externally to focus on that common goal, to getting back to 100% and helping this team win a championship. And that's what I wish us athletes will show more, the grind and the dedication that we do put forth to make sure we the best that we can be. Cause only that 1% make it. And that 1% that does everything they can do to win a championship, those are the ones that go play in professional sports for years and years. So just monitor how much you party during the season because your teammates still go need you that weekend. So listen, I'm just like y'all who like to party, party, have fun. But it's a time to party and it's a time to ball. Last question of the day, and they all good. I love this question. What would I would have done differently as a freshman if I would have known today what I knew back then? The only thing that I pretty much would have done, because I think everything, the mistakes I made, the accomplishments I've made in college, they all made me who I am today. But if I could change one thing, that would have been focusing a little bit more on my major. You know how we do. We coming from whatever inner city we coming from. We just want to take a major that's not going to be that hard and that's going to make us academically eligible when it comes to the season, right? I know how it is. Y'all ain't got a stunt for me. I'm one of y'all. I'm trying to tell y'all. One thing I started to realize when I got out of the league and I made a nice amount of money in the league is that you don't have to work for nobody, but even when you run in your own company, you still gonna have to know little basics and little tricks to the trade and whatever profession you in. So for myself, I'm in the real estate. I'm in the commercial real estate, right? I didn't know anything about real estate coming out of high school. I didn't even think about real estate coming out of high school. I was just thinking about balling, getting to the league. But even after I got to the league, I still wanna circle back to real estate. And I wish I would have thought of this earlier. Every teammate I played with, everything we think about once we retire or when we deep in the league, like seven, eight, nine years, we always be like, man, I wish I would have thought of this in college or when I was a rookie to have a head start. You can still do it. So if I would have took real estate classes, which they have at Virginia Tech now, 
man, I would have been a real estate tycoon right now instead of wasting money, hiring a team around me to just school me on everything I need to know. I have mentors that I go on a golf course with. I have mentors that I can call and say, what do you think about this? Even though I still know everything I know about real estate and all the knowledge I gained throughout the years, if I would have did this 15 years ago, I wouldn't have to ask nobody. I know it like the back of my hand. So I know it's hard because you're juggling so much when you're coming to college on trying to succeed your goals and maximize your goals on the field. Never forget about that off the field. Remember, only 1% make it. Be that 1%. Know you go be that 1%, but just know it's not a backup plan that you're focusing on when you get your education. It's something that you will always need even when you're done retiring, done playing. I was on year 10 when I retired in the league because of injuries. I still went back to college 10 years later. That's how important it is because I wanted to gain the knowledge. It's almost like Spanish, right? We all had to take it to go to college and high school. We did whatever we can just to get through it. All of us don't know Spanish, but you go wish you'd done the little things like learn Spanish later on in life. Took a trip to Cuba, right? Just side story. It's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about now. I had to hire an interpreter just because I didn't speak Spanish at all in Cuba, right? Little things that I could have just tapped into in school along my way and took it serious. You know what I'm saying? You gonna need those little tools, even little things like just learning a different language in life. It's the little things that you go through, don't take shortcuts, right? Just fall in love with not taking shortcuts and everything presented to you, just go through it. It's gonna make you sharp, it's gonna make you the world's most interesting man or woman when it's all said and done. For the football heads, sorry we had to put the highlights on the back burner, but it was so much demand for these questions. I appreciate you staying with me though. We are gonna get to them right now. Third and six, Arkansas, Texas. When you got a guy like KJ Jefferson, third and six don't bother you at all. Cause this is an easy pickup. No one can tackle this guy one-on-one -on -one between the tackles. Arkansas O coordinator, pretty smart. He sees the defensive front Texas is in, and they only have five men in the box. Arkansas knows that they have five blocks and nobody account for it for KJ Jefferson. This is a walking apart for third and six first down. Great job by Arkansas offensive coordinator. Doesn't get touched until he gets to the free safety first down. Second quarter, first and 10. When all else fails, what's this guy that I told you can make play name? KJ Jefferson. He breaks free for 40 yards. From the back angle, you can see this is a busted play. But when you have a playmaker at quarterback, it doesn't matter. He makes things happen. This is why this is a totally different Arkansas team this year that's gonna make noise in the SEC. Third quarter, as soon as you think he's just a running quarterback, Watch just how he looked the safety off and deliver a strike for a big game. First down. From the back angle, you will see that he was so savvy that he looked the free safety off, knowing the free safety had a middle through runner and he had to protect the guy on the sideline. Look the safety off, deliver it right on the money for a big play. This guy, KJ Jefferson, can do it all. He can do it all at quarterback. KJ Jefferson been killing you all day on the ground. 
Watch how these two outside air rushers lock in on KJ Jefferson. They know when it's a money down, they have to get to the quarterback because he's so elusive. When you focus in on a great player like KJ Jefferson, the offensive coordinator of Arkansas knows that they're forgetting about one key piece. A dynamic running back that can go untouched for 35 yards to the end zone. Touchdown, Arkansas. Watch these two outside edge rushes. They don't even think about the running back. They're going straight to KJ Jefferson. And that's what great players do. They not only create plays for themselves, they create plays for their teammates. But they're not just an offensive team. Second play of the game, watch how this defense swarm to the ball. They're swarming. There's eight guys around the pile in the backfield. Defensive coordinator love this. Watch Isaiah Nichols right here. Get great penetration and put havoc all on this front of the Texas Longhorns in the backfield. And this is what the defensive coordinators love. Eight men around the ball. They preach that. Eight players around the ball. TFL. Again, watch how Arkansas plays in Texas backfield. The middle linebacker run through free and they swarming. They look like a hungry pack of dogs the way they in this backfield. Watch from this back angle. Watch Grant Morgan, the way he penetrates. Right in the backfield, they swarming. And every time they make a play, again, you see five and six guys swarming the ball. Third and four. The next play, that was just second and five. Texas should have been ahead of the sticks. It's a TFL. Now they're coming back to third down. Let's see what this Arkansas defense do. Again. They're playing in the backfield and they get a sack. Third down, let's get off the field. When you got a player like Jalen, number one, in your secondary, one of the best players in the nation, when he shows he's in the box and about to blitz, watch how Texas offensive line and running back just focus on him. And just like on the other side of the ball, when KJ Jefferson freed up certain players, Jalen does the same thing and let his linebacker run free for a sack. This defense play together. Fourth and one. This is the big point in the game. Look how this defense swarm. It's not just one guy. It's always four, five, six guys hitting running backs in the backfield. This defense plays fast. This defense plays hard. They shoot gaps. This is why there's going to be a great team this year in the SEC. Arkansas Razorbacks. Anthony Richardson for the University of Florida. We all know his stats was crazy. Three for three for 150 plus passing, four rushes for 115 yards rushing. I'm gonna show you how he did some of this right here. USF is in cover zero. I just marked the middle of the field wide open. Cornerback can't let the receiver get inside because if you do, a guy like Anthony Richardson is gonna put it on the money every time for a touchdown. But it's not just the corner fault. This is why it's not the corner fault. USF is in zero coverage. This free safety right here, he either needs to blitz or help his corner out. When you've been in no man's land, you're leaving your secondary out to dry with no really rush on the quarterback. And a guy like Anthony Richardson, gonna make you pay every time. Touchdown. Third and two. 
Anthony Richardson, everybody in the building thinks he's going to run. Because he just ran for a 70-yard gain against FAU. Both safeties are keying in on him. Again, then zero coverage up top. Fakes a run. Takes a hit right down the sideline. Another touchdown. It's hard. You got to run cover zero to stop him. But then you're leaving your corners on the island, one-on-one coverage. He go deliver every single time. Touchdown. Again, he don't get a lot of plays, but when he get in, he makes something happen. This time they don't go all out blitz, but look at his pocket presence. Rolls out, throws it sideline pass on the money and takes a hit. Watch how he's comfortable from this back angle in the pocket. First he's gonna roll out right, then he's gonna roll out left. Keeping his eyes downfield, knowing he gonna take a hit. Right on the sideline, ball, come on. It don't get much prettier than this. Got his helmet knocked off, still celebrating. Just got Anthony Richardson. He, he pretty special. In this last play right here, this takes the cake. We all know he can run the ball, but all the previous highlights been him throwing the ball. You wonder why USF stayed in cover zero. He's gonna show you why USF kept running cover zero. Because you gotta count for him. And if you got a free hitter, he gonna run through him. You got a cornerback coming, he go stiff arm him, and then he go outrun the rest of your defense to the end zone. This is why teams have to run cover zero against this guy. If I'm University of Florida against Alabama this week, this guy right here have to have 30 snaps. Look how he runs through secondaries. Look how he runs away from secondaries. Ladies and gentlemen, there ain't too many like Anthony Richardson. Touchdown. Oregon want to test out Ohio State and see if they got an edge to this defense. At the bottom of the screen, this cornerback playing man to man. If this tight end blocks down on this linebacker or blocks down in this defensive end, he has to be the free hitter to hit the running back. But the cornerback thinking it's a pass play, he's playing the man to man. No edge to the defense. It's simple things like that on why Oregon was getting seven in the red zone instead of three. It's not a rerun. <laughs> I know it looked like the same position on the field and the outcome is going to be the same. But Oregon is just still saying if it ain't broke, we ain't going to fix it. Oregon wants to see if Ohio State has an edge to the defense. Same result. I'm going to rewind it for you. It's been happening all game. Now, the corner is playing off leverage. So if he do block down and he blocks down, he will replace. But Oregon is smart. They know that this corner is going to be pressed. So they're going to bring this guy in motion. This cornerback didn't realize and get off. And because he's still pressed playing man to man, no edge to the defense. And instead of three points, it's seven points for Oregon. The red zone is the difference in a ball game. That's great by the offensive coordinator by calling this motion, cracking down, just to see if Ohio State fixed it, and they didn't. Results, same, 
Seven points. So now Ohio State is thinking what? We got to have an edge to the defense. Oregon knows that. <laughs> Hand it right up the middle. Hold on, hold on. I have to rewind this. I'm sorry. I know you want to see the highlight. But look how many defenders Ohio State have run outside. One, two, three, four. Now they worry about the outside. And this part's open like the Red Sea right in the middle of the field. Oregon was just so efficient all day long. As you keep thinking outside, they are gonna bust you right up the gut. Ohio State had four defenders run outside. Four. Just a few plays later. <laughs> Does this look familiar? Three by one. You got one guy flanked. He's pressed. We talking about the edge to the defense in the red zone? Does that look familiar? Let's see if Oregon make him check it out. Same result. I rewind it. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but this cornerback, if he's playing man-to-man -man and this guy goes in the crack and he follows him, there's no edge to the defense. It'll get you every time. Next time they're in the red zone. Before I press play, what do you think Oregon gonna do? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But this is where they make you mad. As soon as you think it's a run, you forget about the tight end. That's how smart and that's how efficient Oregon is. They know everybody in the building is thinking edge run, edge run. They forget about this tight end right here. Sneaks out, touchdown. That's how you play chess. The quarter of the day, again, by Miles Monroe. Our life is the sum of all the decisions we make every day. And these decisions are determined by our priorities.